This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back, everybody, to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick, co-host of the Ravens post game for 105.7 The Fan. I'm Cordell Woodland, uh, host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 The Fan and beat reporter for the Baltimore Ravens for the same station. And we are finally here. We made it to week one. Uh, and we can finally have some matchup talking. <laughs> we yeah. talked about everything else except the game. And finally, we have an opportunity to talk about the game. I could not be more happier. Football season same. is back. So let's talk. Because now we know that Joe Flacco, Ravens former quarterback, is going to be the starter uh, against the Ravens this weekend. We talked on the previous podcast about their um, offensive weapons that they have, and they do have a lot of guys uh, on the offense. They You, you mentioned Jerry uh, Azuma that they got in offseason. We know that they have Elijah Moore. They drafted Garrett Wilson. Uh, they have, you know, Corey Davis. They have Denzel Mims. They, they are loaded um, with talent. Um, and Joe Flacco obviously has an arm that, you know, still looks very much like it's strong. Uh, they do have some issues with the offensive line. We do know that they lost Makai Becton uh, again to an injury. And so because of that, they signed Dwayne Brown at the left tackle position. So there's some issues there. Uh, but from from the a skill players perspe- uh, perspective, the Jets look good on paper, if you if you want to admit and I think that you know it, it appears because the Jets really don't have a lot of talk going on that this was potentially an easy game but I am not necessarily sure that that's the case so when you see um how they fare from an offensive perspective Cordell and you see what the defense has obviously we know what the Ravens defense is and the things that they are are good at and the things that they lack how do you see this matchup going and what matchup do you think is most important to win as well? Yeah, I, I think that this is a good week one game for the Ravens. Um, I, I talked a lot about how emotions are going to be high. It'll be September 11th in New York. Yep. Week one, is everybody's optimistic week one. You know, you got to be on your P's and Q's out there because everybody's trying to start the season off right. Just because a team stunk last year doesn't mean that they're going to stink this year. Um you saw it last year with the Bengals. It, it, you just never know what happens. Now, I don't think that the Jets had the type of offseason that the Bengals had. But you look at this offense, and there there is a nice group of young weapons out there. Um, obviously, we, we touched on the wide receivers uh, on the last episode, but that's pretty much the strength of this offense with Garrett Wilson being added uh, to Elijah Moore and Corey Davis out there as well. Denzel Mims is still out there, although it doesn't seem like he's the happiest to be in New York. I don't know who is these days. Right. Um, but, you know, and then you look at this backfield, uh, they added Brees Hall from uh, Iowa State. They have Michael Carter, who I thought was actually pretty good last year. They have Todd Johnson, uh, the running back from Maryland, um, who, who I thought was pretty good in the past game last year. So they have some versatile backs that can that may not be household names, but they right. can get the job done. Um, now, the offensive line is a work in progress. 
Uh, Makai Becton getting hurt doesn't help. And then Dwayne Brown uh, has missed a couple of practices this week. So that doesn't bode well for them. You talk about where where should the Ravens win? That's where they have to win. They have to win at the line of scrimmage. Yes. Um, this is a team that has a ton of questions when it comes to the pass rush and everything. This is a great tune-up game for the Ravens, I think, for for you to get your pass rush going for for Dafe Owe to kind of steal two to three sacks potentially. Joe Flacco ain't the most mobile quarterback in the league. Um, so this is a situation where you have um, not so great tackles on the edge and you have a quarterback who's pretty much a statue in the backfield. So <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing if you're a Dafe Owe, if you're Justin Houston, Calais Campbell, who will be lining up on the outside a little more this year. And he seems to be in, incredibly happy about that, being able to get opportunities to go up against tight ends. That's a good sign for the Ravens. So um, I, I look for them to definitely – kind of bring the physical aspect of this game early, hit Flacco early and often, and get him back to his check down ways. Because he's going to try to come out and he, he's going to try to sling the ball all over the field initially. But once you hit him a couple of times, Joe's going to be trying to get the ball out of his hands super fast, and that'll play right into the Ravens' hands. Yeah, um, I, you know, my thing is, is that obviously they're they're a little different. Um, Zach Wilson can move uh, more than Joe. We know that mm -hmm. Joe... I mean, he can't run. We, I mean, that's just not what he, he would prefer right. not to. And I'm assuming now at his big age, he definitely ain't yeah, trying to Joe, run. Joe's not going anywhere. If Joe been in the league for this is, I think, his uh, 15th season upcoming. He ain't trying to do all of that. So he would prefer to be nice behind that offensive line. So um, I don't know if you – I know me and I – you and I talked about this off the air. I don't know if you mentioned Dwayne Brown didn't practice. So you have to wonder how the left tackle position is even going to hold up if Dwayne Brown does start. I mean, he he didn't practice thus far. And, you know, is that going to be an issue? And if it is, that's for the – that's great in the Ravens' favor. The mm -hmm. problem is, obviously, if you give Joe Flacco time, he's going to make you pay. Because that arm still works. It's still very strong. And he can throw that ball, you know, almost as better as anybody. The good thing, obviously, about that is, is that, you know, you do have a secondary that's revamped. Now, I don't know uh, what Marcus Peters is going to do. I saw that he has been in limited um, practicing. Um, so I don't know if he plays Sunday. Obviously, if he plays, that's a huge um, yeah. help for, this, for the secondary. But, you know, if not... There's other guys that you feel confident about and, and playing well. Obviously, Marlon is going to be back, so that's a great thing. But we, you also have other guys that you feel like can contribute to this. It's not going to be an easy feat by any means because right. this is a nice wide receiving group uh, overall. And then again, like we said, if you give Flacco time, I mean, this could get ugly. It really could get ugly. Uh, so I definitely agree with you that you have to win the matches up front. The trenches are where it's going to be who wins this game. If the mm -hmm. Jets find a way to keep that defensive line at bay and not allow Joe Flacco to be, you know, flushed, flushed out of the pocket, it could be a long day for that secondary that we have been hyping up all off season. And I guess we're going to find out if they are up for the challenge, if they're the real deal. And look, if Marcus Peters doesn't play, it's kind of unfair to say that, right? Because they're not going to be at full speed. But at the very least, you got majority of the your core mm -hmm. of people. So I am very interested to see how this defensive line will fare, knowing that that offensive line has some issues. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely a, a situation to watch. I, I also think that I, – I think – the Ravens are going to be able to get solid pressure on Flacco pretty much all game. It'll be week one. They haven't really shown anything throughout the preseason of any of their real personnel packages that they plan to have on the field. The Ravens are going to be really fast. I think they're going to, I think they're going to play quite a few secondary guys. Um, and while I, I'm willing to go out on a limb and say that I believe Marcus Peters does play Sunday, I believe he's probably the only one of this injured bunch that's carrying over from last year. I think he's the only one that ends up getting on the field Sunday. I could be wrong, but if I had to pick one of these guys, he he's the one that I think is the closest 
um, to being He's back. the one that they probably need <laughs> the most, yeah. knowing what the, they have to fare against uh, already in week one. And honestly, I, as good as I think that this young receiving group for the Jets is, I think that I honestly think they'll be fine this week. And I don't want to give away my pick for the score or anything yet, but I, I do think that the Ravens will be able to kind of just jump on this team. I, I feel like they'll be able to, again, they haven't shown much defensively. So I think that their packages being able to come out there and, sh you know, bring, they're still going to be a team that shows the blitz a lot on passing situations. They're still going to load the line of scrimmage like we've seen in the wink days. Uh, you may not get every single person coming this time, but sometimes you will. Sometimes they will send the house. They yeah. definitely aren't going to be afraid to do that. I just think that the pressure is going to be coming from every angle. So when you have a, a, a banged up offensive line with an, a quarterback that's not very mobile, it's going to set up for some opportunities to get some pressure back there. I, I do expect this second, this defense to hit Flacco early and often. Um, he's going, I, I think he's going to get to the point to where he really wants to get the ball out of his hands fast. And that'll be on the Ravens to adjust because yep. it's going to force them to tackle. It's going to force them to make open field tackles if he's going to get the ball out of his hands fast. And you get it to Elijah Moore very quick. He's a speedy guy. He can make something happen. Uh, Garrett Wilson, he's he may not be as fast as Elijah Moore is, but he has big play potential himself. So you got to be careful. Um, and again, I always say at the start of the season, tackling is the biggest concern, not just for this team, uh, for the Ravens who – have gone this entire preseason and not hit anybody. If you're a starter, you haven't hit anybody to this point. So it's going to be a, an adjustment for them. But all around the league, we're going to see teams struggling to tackle, not even just for week one. I think it's usually like uh, the first couple of weeks type of deal where teams are just struggling to, to tackle on a regular, on a consistent basis. Um, so having these guys go to the check down ways and getting them in space. That was kind of the Ravens kryptonite last year. They right. didn't start tackling until like week six. So and, and you do know, you consider that tackling even I mean, when they yeah, started? It, it, it still wasn't great. It still it's wasn't always great. been a problem. It's always mm -hmm. been a problem with the Ravens. Tackling has always been an issue. Yeah. It feels like with them. Yeah. I mean, I felt like we were asking Harbs about it every week last right. year. Like, do you guys ta practice tackling? Like, is tackling an emphasis out here? And obviously, obviously it is. It's football, you know, but uh, they struggled to do it definitely last year. They can't do that again against this team. Uh, and really, if you look at this, the first part of their schedule, it's a lot of teams that have speedy, shifty receivers that are problems in space. Um, yep. So just looking at this Jets situation, like I said, I, I do expect the Ravens to still dominate the line of scrimmage. Their defensive line is so loaded. They've got a ton of big bodies. They've got a ton of depth. And that's even without Travis Jones being there right now. Um, I think even if Marcus doesn't play, I think that they'll be fine for the most part in the secondary. They've got, I mean, they've got safeties. You know, you got Marcus Williams right. back there. You still got Kyle Hamilton. Chuck Clark is going to start, but Kyle Hamilton seems to be back at full health. He wasn't even on the injury report. He's good. Um, and then, you know, you got Marlon on the other side. I, I think I think they'll be fine uh, against this defense, but you never know what can happen. You, like I said, you, this is a team you definitely want to come out and hit them in the mouth early. You don't want to give them any hope with the emotions already running high in New York and Joe going up against his former team. You just don't want to give them any glimpse of optimism or any of that, any confidence. You want to hit them early. Let them know that you're the better team. And it's going to start defensively because I, I think that they're the more, the Ravens are the more physical team. Um, so they got to go out there and impose their will on this Jets team early to make sure that they don't they don't end up pulling a rabbit out the hat. I completely agree. I do think that the defense has to set a tone here. Um, I would actually like, you know, I'm always a, a proponent of having um, the ball back at the, at the after the half. So, mm -hmm. you know, obviously you can't control, well, a, a, a coin flip controls who gets the ball right. first. But I would really like for the Ravens defense to go out there first. Set the tone. Like you said, punch them in the mouth a little bit. Let them know that, and, and obviously that, that was figuratively, figuratively speaking, <laughs> don't go out there punching nobody for real, y'all. Don't, don't be Aaron Donald people out there you know in game one because we need right. you for the rest of the season but 
you do want to make a a statement that you know what 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 happened last year ain't happening this year. These ain't dudes off the street. These are dudes mm-hmm. that you know are under contract that that the Ravens expect to do big things, and we are going to make a statement. So I agree with you. They have to start that early, and they have to you know allow the offense to kind of get themselves fired up. But the defense has, I believe, has to be the ones to set the tone first. Okay, guys, if you are enjoying the Winning Drive podcast, please make sure that you hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we talked about the Jets offense versus the Ravens defense. So let's flip the script. Let's talk about the Ravens offense versus the Jets defense. And Cordell, I have so many questions still about this Ravens offense. I still, you know, outside of Lamar Jackson, who makes this go? You know, he is the one that is going to be why this team is really good offensively. I still have so many question marks. The left side of the offensive line, the run game, the wide receiving core. There's just so many questions. And outside of Lamar, in the the tight end situation, right, Um, you know, I am uncertain how I would like to view this game. So when you see this matchup, um, Ravens offense and, and Jets defense, what is it that the Ravens have to win? Uh, or, or what matchups do they have to win in order to win this football game? I think the Ravens need to just, they definitely need to win on the perimeter uh, here. They have got the running back situation is still a question mark. Right. Uh, it's still a major question mark. Um, I don't expect J.K. Dobbins to be on the field. So we're looking at guys like Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake, Justice Hill. And I think it's going to be whoever's got the hot hand. I think that's what they're really going to roll with. Mike Davis is going to get the start. Um, wouldn't be surprised to see even Justice Hill get the first third down rep, uh, potentially since he's been there for a while. They probably trust him a little more right now in the uh, past pro and just knowing the scheme, knowing the playbook. Um, but King and Drake's going to be out there. Uh, but again, I, I think in a running game, it does, it's going to boil down to whoever's hot at the time. And it could be any of these guys. Um, I do think that the Ravens passing wise, I've been, I've been saying it all off season or all camp. So I'm going to just stay consistent. I do think that this passing game is going to be a lot better this year. Um, you have more weapons at your disposal. If you're Lamar Jackson and it may not all be at the wide receiver position, tight end is still their strength. It just right. is what it is right now. The tight end room is their strength. You've got arguably the best tight end in football in Mark Andrews, and you added Isaiah Likely, which is basically another receiver. And I think he's going to pay play a pivotal part in this offense. Um, but again, and, 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 and the Ravens have to win outside. I think that the Ravens have to win specific, more specifically. They have to take advantage of their one-on-one matchups. Yes. Uh, the Jets have a physical defense. The Jets have some playmakers on that defense too. We talked about them adding to that receiving group and the amount of uh, young draft picks that they have over there. I mean, they added Sauce Gardner uh, to the secondary this year. They've got a number one pick on the defensive line in Quentin Williams, who is a monster. Yes. So uh, Tyler Linderbaum is going to have his hands full on his first day out there playing uh, as a center. Thankfully, he has Kevin Zeitler to the right of him. And uh, even Ben Powers to the left, you know, they're, they're going to have their hands full going up against Quentin Williams and Solomon Thomas uh, as well in that Jets defensive line. And they've got Carl Lawson on one side, John Franklin Myers on the other. I mean, this defensive line is legit. Uh, that's probably the best part of this Jets defense yep. is their defensive line. So they're definitely, again, like we said on the flip side, when we were talking about the Jets offense and the Ravens defense, they're going to have to win in the trenches. It's definitely going to start at the line of scrimmage. This offense, we saw what happened last year once this offensive line really just got terrible. And it, it was a different Lamar. It was a different Ravens offense. Um, so the this offensive line definitely has to go out there uh and get the job done, no doubt about it. Uh, but again, I, I think it's the one-on-one matchups as well. Mark Andrews is gonna, he's gonna get a, a, a lot of attention out there. So that means Rashad Bateman is going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities. That means Isaiah Likely is going to get one-on-one opportunities. Those are two guys that I expect to win 
if they're being guarded on a, on a one-on-one situation. I expect them to win each of those times, uh, considering that they get a good ball. Um, and that'll be the key. That'll be the key. This Ravens passing uh, attack throughout training camp, it was good for the most part, but they definitely had their moments where they just weren't clicking. It was some inconsistency on both ends. You had receivers dropping passes. You had Lamar overthrowing guys or simply not putting – enough on his passes so that'll be the key obviously Lamar Jackson being out there uh just the the extra dynamics he brings to the field Lamar has to be Lamar I mean that that's what makes the Ravens great Lamar has to be special I'm not saying he has to be Superman every play but he has to be the difference maker he has to be the guy that pushes the needle forward for this team and I'll say a lot has been made about Lamar and the weight he's picked up. Um, and I haven't really said much about it because to me, it hasn't been that big of a deal, but Lamar spoke to the media on Wednesday and uh, Wednesday was also the first day that open locker room uh, that the, that the locker room was open for this year. So I was able to get really close to Lamar and that's really when the, the weight, really showed itself to me. I mean, I've already seen that he was bigger in the arms, but he looks, I mean, he's, he's like, you look at his face and even his right. everything. You, if you put up a, a, a side to side screenshot of Lamar from last year and Lamar to this year, it's a totally different dude. I mean, it, it, he's, he's added a nice amount of weight. Um, and I'm curious to see how it translates to the field. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the questions have been asked of whether or not his speed will still be there, you know, with the extra weight that he's picked up. And I was kind of on the, on the side of, I think it, it will. I don't, I don't think his, his speed will change. I don't think it'll affect that. I want to see, I want to see what it's like on the, what he looks like on the field running around, because obviously at training camp, he's not really doing that much. And there was one play that I just can't seem to get out my mind. It was <laughs> talk about it. Let's talk about where, it. <laughs> where uh, Lamar, literally, you know, usually if there's a dead play or, you know, Lamar gets out the pocket, they're going to blow the whistle dead because obviously they don't want him to get hit. So right. a couple of times Lamar would still keep going. He'd keep the play going and run maybe an extra 10 to 15 yards. And on this play, Jeremiah Moon who didn't even make this roster. Right, the practice squad, practice yeah. Squad. Um, he's chasing Lamar from the back end of the play. And Lamar gets out the pocket and he's rolling right and they blow the whistle dead as soon as, uh, blow the play dead as soon as he gets out the pocket. But it, like I said, he keeps running. And you can tell Lamar is trying to turn on the burners to get away from this dude. And he just couldn't get away from him. He, uh -oh. I mean, Jeremiah Moon was on his heels the entire time. Uh-oh. And, and, I, and I haven't been trying to really dwell on that, but I have not been able to get that play out of my mind. Right. And when I saw Lamar yesterday, it just was like, wow, he really has put on weight. And yeah. like I said, I, I want to see how it affects his play. I'm still going to lean on the side of he could he's still going to be Lamar even with this extra weight, um, but I, I'm curious. I can't lie. After yesterday, after after seeing him on Wednesday, I'm I'm a little curious to see what he looks like on the field with this extra weight because he looks different. It, it's, okay. it's no way around it. He definitely looks different. And I don't think that, you know, I, I think that people are naive if they think that he wasn't, if it wasn't going to affect his run game at all. I mean, you know, bulking up is going to do that. It's a matter of how significant, you know, mm -hmm. it will affect his him running if, if he decides to, you know, get out of the pocket or whatever. Um, you know, back to what I think that the Ravens need to do, because you made a valid point. That defensive line is really good. They they have a lot of guys that that you know well. Um, and that, you know, you expect them to cause havoc. And then with the question marks at offensive line, particularly the left side of it, you know, it it, it is something to be concerned about. So, what you you know, what is Greg Roman going to do to make sure that they are not in a situation where they're putting their quarterback um, in a, a liability of a situation? Are you going to run more RPOs? Are you going to run, you know, are you going to get the ball out quicker? Are you going to run some, some, some short passes? What are you, what are you doing to um, mitigate 
that defensive line, knowing that your offensive line is still trying to, you know, get their way into to being what they can be. Because I we we obviously know Ronnie Stanley's not going to play Sunday. So you have to be prepared to play with Jawan James and know that they're going to probably go to the vulnerable side, right? Mm-hmm. Which it just so happens to be his left side. So uh, I am interested to see, you know, what do you have design run plays as a result? Like, are we running some RPOs? I feel like that that's that could potentially, you know, get get them off a, a second or two, which could mean a huge difference, obviously, mm-hmm. um, as a result. But you know, you got to be pre- prepared because, like you said, I. I believe while they, you know, they have guys, you know, CJ Mosley is is in the linebacking core. Mm-hmm. And then you mentioned Sauce Gardner. A revenge game for CJ too. Absolutely, right? Like, which I hope it's not. Like, we so far removed from that CJ, you know, Joe. Players never forget. They yeah, never I know, forget. I know. But listen, <laughs> look, the Ravens tried to resign Mosley. He just didn't want the money. He wanted somebody else's money. You know what I mean? So. Listen, Joe got more to me. Like, uh, you know, y'all really did me dirty. I wasn't prepared for that at all. But yeah, I, I'm just curious. You Joe know, dirty? Huh? Well, I mean, I don't think that that's what he. I don't think that the Ravens did him dirty, but I don't think that he expected the Ravens to draft a, a quarterback in, in that draft. Not. That's Probably all I'm not. saying. I don't, I don't think they expected to draft a quarterback. To be honest, I, I think it was just a situation where you know. Lamar fell and they're like, oh, yeah, we got to go yep. back in and get this guy. Yep, you absolutely. Know. So, you know, it is what it is. But I, I know Joe was like, what the WTF? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. But, For yeah, sure. I, I just think that, you know, you have to you have to find ways to, um, you know, face out their strength, which is up front, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you and I both agree that, you know, in order to win football games, the trenches is where it starts. And, and and that is where you have to win the battle and then everything else kind of flows. And so if you, if, if you are allowing, you know, Lamar to get happy feet where he's not comfortable, that could be a long day. Add the fact that you mentioned, you know, the wide receiving group, like people were dropping passes and then potentially at times Lamar was overthrowing guys, you know, they really have to find a rhythm early. And I don't know if that means, hey, just getting the running back out in, in the flat and throwing some passes because, you know, maybe the run game might struggle a little bit. Find a way to make sure that you're protecting your quarterback. And if that means that, you know, today is not the day to have long passes, then that's what that means. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you look at, you look at the uh, receiving group, like I said, the one-on-one battles are still going to be key. And I'm thinking if I'm the Ravens, I want to test and see how good Sauce Gardner is. I'm not saying, you know, throw one right in his sternum, or anything, but if he's got if he's matched up against Rashad Bateman one on one, that's advantage Ravens in my mind. This is still a rookie. I think Sauce Gardner is a really good corner coming out of college, but this is his first game. This is his first real game. You know, I, I'm testing that if I'm yep. the Ravens. I'm, I'm I'm seeing what he can do out there. Um, they do they did add DJ Reed from Seattle. I like DJ Reed in Seattle. Uh, I thought he had a pretty good year last year, but a lot of guys try to make their that contract year uh their best year so i don't know how much to really read into it but he's definitely a quality player uh uh but i i look at this secondary and while i do think that they've gotten better gotten better uh they've got lamarcus joiner and jordan whitehead in the back back end too those are two right. guys that have been around in this league for a while um i'm still it's not a secondary i'm intimidated by you know, it's it's not a secondary that I'm like, okay, they've got somebody shut down out there. Sauce could potentially be that guy at some point, but he's not that yet. Right. Um, well, we, right. We don't know. This is going to be right. his first. We don't, yeah, test. we don't know. Yeah. Right. So I, I'm definitely going to test it. I'm, I'm I'm going to see if that stove is hot. Um. But yeah, I definitely it starts in the trenches. You're right. They're going to they're going to test that left side. Is it's not a it's not a secret. That right. the left side of this offensive line is the weakest in. So they're definitely going to probably put Carl Lawson over there a lot. Jawan James is going to have his hands full with that guy. Um, and hopefully he can hold up, you know, hopefully he can hold up long enough to where Lamar's not constantly looking over his shoulder or feeling like he has to get out the pocket as soon as the ball is snapped. You know, he can, he can kind of be patient, be patient and let the game come to him. But that's, again, that starts 
with the offensive line being able to give him time. You could leave some backs in there, help Juwan James out, give him some chip blocks, things like that to definitely make up for what you expect to be a difficult day for the left side of your offensive line. I don't think that's going to change. Um, but the Ravens have the better team. They have the better team. Yes. And at the end of the day, you have to go out there and take care of business. Uh, again, I know emotions will be running high. There's a lot of reasons as why the Jets can make this a game, but I think there's more logical reasons as to why the Ravens should win this game. Um, yeah. So uh, this offense, every all eyes will be on them. That's been the talking point of the offseason for everybody about yeah. how good can this offense be? Has Greg Roman done enough? Uh, do they have enough weapons for Lamar? You know, that all the questions will be answered, at least start to get answered. Uh, Sunday in New York, but I, I think that this is a game that the Ravens need to jump out on these guys early. Again, I talked about the defense hitting them in the mouth offensively. You've got to have one of those drives. You can't go out there and go three and out, you know, to start the game. That's not that's not really what I'm looking for. I'm looking for. I think Lamar has been really good all all camp with his time and throws. He's that's been a struggle of his in the past. Um, but this this camp, he was really good with the uh, with the quick time and throws and with the back shoulder throws. Yeah. Um, so you you when one thing that I know about Lamar, especially in the passing game, you can kind of tell when he's feeling it when that back shoulder throw is consistently being put on the money. And right. I've seen that from him at times throughout camp. So if we start to see that at some point, especially early in the game on Sunday, it, it could really be a good day for this offense. Better coach, better quarterback. And mm -hmm. I just don't see, you know, and listen, the Ravens are extremely good at week one uh, matchups with John Harbaugh as their head coach. So I fully expect them to win this football game. I, you know, they that's their moniker. They've always come out swinging early when they've had, you know, months to prepare. Uh, so I, I expect those things. And, and obviously Lamar has something to prove as well. So, um, yes, before we move on, what are the scores that we're going to pick? Because I'm assuming we're both saying that the Ravens are going to win here. <laughs> we, we, we can go ladies first. Okay. I guess we're going to do age before beauty. That's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to say it's going to be the Ravens. I'll do 24-17. Okay. That's not bad. I, I, I think it'll get a little uglier. I think I think we're looking at maybe like thirty-one to thirteen. Okay, um, I would prefer I, it to be I, that way. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think it'll be a struggle for the Jets' offense to score. I think a couple of turnovers will be a, a part of this. Uh, Ravens start forcing some turnovers, getting some short fields. Um, this is a you you touched on it. The Ravens are usually ready to go week one. Not necessarily last year. Last year was tough coming into the season without. Dobbins without Peters without Gus and then losing Stanley throughout the course of that game so um normally though the, the Ravens are, are are usually a juggernaut right uh, week one so I'm I'm looking for them even though emotions will be high you got the reunion game with Flacco and even CJ Mosley out there I, I think I, I think the Ravens will probably take this game pretty easily Absolutely. So we both agree on that. And I pray that you are right and that the score is in, is that and not what I said, because I don't like the stress and the anxiety of close yeah. games. So please, Ravens, if you are listening, uh, make it a blowout. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Before we get into our final segment, uh, I just want to remind everybody that Winning Drive uh, comes out multiple times a week. So make sure that you're subscribed to it so that that way, every time there's a new episode that drops, you'll be the first to know. And this All week, right. we start the post-game episodes. Post-game, uh, yes. Post-game episodes. So we'll definitely have an instant reaction right after uh, the Jets game and every game this season. Absolutely. So finally, you know, we still have to talk about Lamar and the contract because uh, you went to the castle. Yes. Uh, on Wednesday. And Lamar um, suggested that Friday was the deadline um, for the talks. Now, I felt all week that we that, that, that some things were 
coming along, right? Lamar retweeted um, a meme that said, you know, it was a guy laying in bed saying, you know, I wonder why the Ravens still haven't signed Lamar, and he laughed. And then Marlon Humphrey um, made a comment um, on a, a tweet that said the top 2023 free agents, which Lamar was at the top of the list, and he retweeted that and said, um, I'm going to, uh, I'm hoping that one of these changes very, very soon with some smile emojis, right? Um he recently, Lamar, was on DraftKings uh, on their YouTube page, and he talked to Mike Golick and Brandon Newman about how he feels about the city. And he also addressed him liking those Miami Dolphins posts. Take a listen. Myself, and just want to be grounded and let the community, you know, immune to me, you know, just, just like, okay, yeah, I can relate to him, you know, and I can be that guy, you know, when I get older and stuff like that to the younger generation, the younger kids and stuff like that. Um, but it's a great organization, you know, um, very, very player um, friendly organization. Uh, and I love being here. I, always, I tweeted it before, like, you know, this this where I want to be at. So now I'm seeing things like, oh, he, he wants out because I'm liking stuff. But it's just, yeah, because I see y'all keep engaging in that, in that way. Like, oh, you want to leave? So I'm like, all right, I'm going to play back. Okay, yeah, I like stuff. You know, so let me t- shooting the st- shooting my shots. You know, um, on social media because they they like doing it to me, I guess. Okay, so Cordell, um, you know, you and I are, are newly privy to to you know Lamar talking to this, but you obviously were um, at the castle. How did you feel like Lamar was when he spoke um, to the media? Because I feel like when you um, are in a situation, you know, of a, a deadline in which Lamar gave, right? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, you know, um, some of that stuff, you, you know, you can tell that if there's tension, you know, if a person is feeling some type of way. Did you feel like Lamar was calm? Was it tension when he mentioned Friday? Like, how was his body language? And, and what did you think get from talking to him on Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, Lamar is usually a a very relaxed guy at the podium. He's usually, you know, he's usually business during the season. He'll, he'll you know, he'll crack the smile. He's never really, I can say, bad mood, Lamar. You might get some bad mood harps, but you don't usually get like bad mood, Lamar. He just right. usually doesn't have much to say. Um, so I, I take it as more as though, like I said, him not having much to say as opposed to him not really wanting to talk. Now, as far as Wednesday, I, I thought Lamar was, he seemed in a good mood. He seemed like he was in good spirits as far as talking about the contract. He doubled down on his deadline saying Friday would be his deadline. Um, and definitely said he wouldn't be negotiating through the season. Now with that, I kind of have to laugh because it's like, okay, Lamar says his deadline is Friday, but if they come to him in two weeks and say, yeah, we'll give you $250 million. Right. He ain't going to say no. Like, right. oh, no, I'm not, I'm not talking because you know? I gave you a hard deadline. He going to yeah. cash that check. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's, it's, I'll take it as though at that point, his final offer is his final offer. Right. And if you want to come back to me at some point, and tell me, hey, we're, we're, we're cool with that. Let's get it done. Cool. But as far as me coming up to EDC's office and talking about it on a consistent basis, that's over. That's done. Um, and I have no issues with that. I did think it was a good thing to hear him say that they are still discussing it. So it means that they're still actively in talks. And let me just say this. While I have been on record to say that I do not believe a deal will get done before the start of the season, and I still stand by that, it would not surprise me to see the Ravens drop that they have come to an extension with Lamar sometime this weekend. It's so Ravens. The Friday news dump, the Saturday news so that, you know, they they don't have to deal with reporters and all that kind of stuff. I would look, if it's going to happen, I would look for it to be Friday night or sometime Saturday. If right. it's going to happen, it really would not shock me because that's just that's just their M.O. That's what they do. Um, but again, you feel that optimism with Lamar. You you just sense that he's at peace and maybe he's at peace with just playing this year on the fifth year option, making his twenty three million and seeing what happens. Maybe that's what he's at peace with. But it just seems like in general with this contract situation, he's not stressing it and he yeah. shouldn't. 
Which is uh, a positive sign, I think. Yeah. I, believe, I, I think that that means that they're in the right direction because, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that when you're frustrated, that's kind of hard to mask. You know, yeah. even even if you don't want people to know, you know, if you're even if you're playing poker, this is money. This is people's livelihoods that right. we're talking about. So I just don't think that like if he was like uh, unhappy about where they were, that he would be so calm and cool when asked right. that question. You know what right. I'm saying? And he's been forthcoming about it. I mean, he still feels like they're negotiating in, in good faith. Um, the It doesn't look like it's affected the relationship between right. he and the team. So I, I would imagine the, the 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 talks have been cordial. They've been good. While they obviously haven't come to an agreement yet, they're able to bounce it back and forth. Obviously, I would love to be a fly on the wall and see <laughs> what the conversations are like. Right. I, I, I just we want to know what's, what's being said because you would imagine the Ravens are coming with reasons as to why they don't want to pay this man yep. whatever it is he's asking for. And as Lamar to have to sit there and listen to that and take it, you know, it it's not it's not the most comfortable thing in the world. It's not the easiest thing to hear and still keep the relationship where it is, you yep. know. Um, so I, I, I do think it says something, the fact that everybody seems to be good. Everybody seems to still be going about it the professional way. Uh, I will say this though, on the Lamar cut that we, that we played. From, yeah. Cause we know, need to talk Jurassic, about it. <laughs> it needs to be discussed. Um, I do have an issue with some of the things Lamar does in, in this whole process. Mm-hmm. He, he he gives us nothing. He doesn't talk. He, you know, when he does talk, he's saying very little. And that's fine. I have no issue with that. Cool. Um, my issue comes when you hear the cut and he talks about basically trolling fans that are asking the question uh, or questioning whether or not he wants to be in Baltimore long term. I think it's a valid question from fans because, yeah, he has the Ravens haven't given him what he may be asking for, but it doesn't seem like Lamar is really showing any any willingness to kind of play ball, so right. to speak, or to you know to give the Ravens that little bit. I'm not. I don't want to call it a discount because I don't think he should take a discount. But right. it doesn't look like he's willing to necessarily back off what he wants just to set just to stay with the team. Right. Um, so I think it is a valid question. Uh, and again, Lamar doesn't give anybody anything. So every a lot of people are forced to just assume. A lot of yep. people are forced to guess what's going on. And obviously, if you're assuming and you're guessing, you're going to be wrong a lot. That's mm-hmm. what happens. There's not a lot of information out there on this. So I don't. I, I think Lamar. He, you heard it in the cut. He plays to the fans by liking the Dolphins uh, Photoshop and liking certain tweets and responding to people on Twitter. And I think at a point it's self-inflicted because you can't in one breath get upset with people for guessing and assuming and coming up with all these different scenarios, but yet you edge it on, you know, and then he try you, you go from liking a picture of you in a Dolphins jersey to then posting a picture of you wearing a Ravens jersey. It's like, bro, you're playing with people's emotions. Yep, you know, you I- you're playing with everybody's feelings. You're playing with everybody's yep. minds right now. So you got to take some responsibility for this circus that's happening because you're kind of adding, you're adding gas to the fire right I now. Completely, I, think. I completely I, agree. I think that's what he's doing. It's like, again, you're not telling us anything, but yet you get mad when people assume something you're, you're liking pictures of you and other teams jerseys, but then you get upset when people's question whether or not, you want to be in Baltimore. You can't play both sides. Yep. What, which one is it? And I believe he wants to be in Baltimore, but I just felt like some of the things that he does has added to the circus that we're now in. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, uh, I, I believe this, it's layers to this. I believe that this is what young people do. I believe that they use social media as a way to communicate um, messages. And I think that Lamar is no different than that, just because he's a quarterback, uh, you know, of a, 
of the team of, of one of one of the best organizations in the National Football League. I don't think that it that's different because of, of his position. I think he acts like a 25 year old. That being said, I, I don't agree with him acting like a 25 year old as a quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens, um, because at the end of the day, there are too many people that day in and day out, every day that goes by, they are waiting for an announcement for you to be extended. They are waiting for some, some type of news. You know, they want this situation to be over. So when you do things like this and you like in Miami Dolphins tweets, oh, by the way, you're from South Florida. And I saw you on Twitter. We all saw you say, well, I was a Cowboys fan growing up, but then I, I did watch the Dolphins. So it ain't like, you know, you, you didn't say like, oh, I've never been a Dolphins fan. Oh, I followed the Dolphins at one point. Why would you do that to people, particularly people that support you? You know what I'm saying? So I have a problem with that as well, because you want us to believe that you want to keep it in house. And then you you do these things to mm -hmm. make people say, you know, different. That, that, that So now we're, we're still having these conversations and we're still engaging in these things. And I'm with you. You can't have it both ways. You either got to be quiet or you got to be loud about it. But don't do the passive aggressiveness and don't play with people's feelings like that and absolutely you um as fans media whoever have the right to ask are you serious about being here right. and i made the point i was making the point to someone look i get it i know that he's from south florida i know he would probably love to be there i'm, I'm not i believe that he wants to be a baltimore raven flat out let me be clear okay but uh, we also know that he's from that area, you know, and he still goes down there and does community things in, in those areas. So obviously that would be ideal for him to do that. So, you know, but he, it's the Miami Dolphins. OK, so uh, everything that glitters ain't gold. Grass ain't green on the other side. Whatever, mm -hmm. you know, analogy that you want to use, <laughs> you can use it for the Miami Dolphins. I right. wasn't born. I don't I wasn't born when they won a championship and I'm a little old here. Okay. I'm, in, I'm up there in my age and I ain't never seen the Miami Dolphins in my lifetime win a Super Bowl. Okay. Even with Dan freaking Marino that they had mm -hmm. one of the greatest quarterbacks in the national football league, a hall of famer, never won a Super Bowl. That franchise compared to the Ravens, Compared to the Ravens are a poverty franchise. I'm 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 gonna just say that. That's what it is. So you know, you can't tell people that. But then also, like, if even if you thought about that, do you realize that every organization is run different? And so sometimes, just because you think it's close to proximity, every job that's close to proximity ain't no good job. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to travel for, for for a good job, good benefits, good you know work relationships, all of these things. So honestly, and, and look. It speaks volumes when you hear guys like Marquise Brown who left and, and he left for, from a, a business decision, but it wasn't a personal decision. He had nothing but good things to say about the organization as a whole. Now we, he's going to find out, you know, how, how that organization is going to be run in Arizona. Good luck to him. Right. But I'm just simply saying that you can't make jokes like that because there's too many reasons why people believe that that is possibly what you want to do because mm -hmm. you're from there. And so look, get this done, get this signed, but don't play with people's emotions. That's not okay. That's, that's not okay. Uh, find a new way to play hardball, find a new way to, to, to make it known that you want this done and over with like everybody else, you know, send some snippets to the media, like, you know, organizations do and GMs do, but don't like tweets. And I'm a little ticked off that Levitard and those, I like Levitard, don't get me wrong, but I'm a little ticked off that they were the ones that were able to ask that question because I know for a fact that there were that there was at least one media member uh, at the press conference on Wednesday that wanted to get to that question with Lamar, yep. but the Ravens PR had just basically shut down the contract questions after a while, anything pertaining to that, which I thought was not cool because we haven't talked to Lamar in a while. It's been yeah. a while since we've talked to him. Obviously, Lamar and his contract, I know everybody can say that they're tired of it, but it's literally the biggest story in the NFL right now. Yep. So it, what else is there to talk about? Nobody wants to talk about the Jets. I'm sorry. Nobody wants to talk about the Jets. It's the you Jets. Sure? The 11 day, Joe Flacco? We don't want to have that conversation. At the end of the day, it's the Jets. <laughs> Thank God Joe Flacco is starting in this game because it's given us 
a little ounce of content to talk about as far as this game, because otherwise, again, it's the Jets. How excited <laughs> can we really get about that? So I'm just, I was a little ticked off that uh, on Wednesday because I, it's like, they know that this is the story. Yep. Obviously, yes, Lamar was asked a lot of questions about his contract. And I had a caller call into my show the other night and because I, I let it, I, I started my show talking about people saying that they're how they're tired of talking about the contract. I know you said it, and it's not like I'm crazy about talking about the contract, but it's the fact of it's the biggest story. And the caller asks why, from his perspective, it gets old hearing the media continuously ask Lamar basically the same question in different ways. And right. what I said to the caller was, I'll I'll agree with that, but the reason that they that we do that is because you look at how Lamar initially was answering his contract contract questions from day one to how he's answering them now, you're getting more of a response. It's still yep. basically the same type of questions, but he's willing to open up about it more. He's willing to give you more information. A year ago, we would have never gotten from Lamar that he has a deadline. We, in fact, got the, the exact day of his self-imposed deadline. So yep. things come, the more all you got to do is get these guys to talk. You never know what they'll say. You may have already, the question may have already been asked, but it's just about getting them to open up and talk and see what comes out. Some of these guys, they have no intention of really giving you anything, but they'll look up and they didn't said some gold and they didn't even mean to. So right. you, you just got to get them talking. But yeah, uh, I definitely wanted to throw that in there because I was, a, I, I definitely know the media, the, the local media wanted to ask him about him liking the pictures and stuff and we just weren't able to get around to that right right I completely agree I hope this ends I hope by the time we talk again Cordell that this is over I would like for it to be over well, it's over this it. week it's, it's over this week according <laughs> to right. the no it's not and you know and I know <laughs> that technically it's not if the contract is not done if it is done okay if it's done now we got to talk about is the contract worth it? If it's not done, now we got to talk about why the contract is not done. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm a, I am tired. I, for one, am tired. I am too. <laughs> Please, guys, get something done so we can move along. I, I, seriously, because the season is now here, and I just want to talk football. I just want to talk football on the field. Well, we'll be able to start that Sunday with the post-game episode. It'll be nothing but football, that episode. Absolutely. So I look forward to the post-game talks with you uh, so we can talk specifically about what we saw that happened in the game. So thank you, everybody, for listening to Winning Drive. As Cordell already prefaced, we will be back talking post-game uh, about the Ravens, so specifically about the field specifically about the field no contract talk doesn't matter what happens from here on out we will be talking about what is happening in each race well, maybe game. we'll have contract talk i don't hopefully. know let me stop let me stop <laughs> <laughs> hopefully on a good side because right. i'm tired of talking about it on the other side yeah and we'll hopefully also have we have an actual solution absolutely and we'll we'll be talking about upcoming matches as well throughout the season thank you guys so much for listening to winning drive